No matter the occasion, whether it's a date or a family holiday outing, daytime ice skating at Cameron Run Regional Park is sure to delight. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria, skate on the outdoor rink and stay warm with hot chocolate or make s'mores over a fire pit. This unique winter experience is only available for a limited time. Open daily December 18th through 30th and weekends in January and February. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell the crooked referees on Roger Goodell. Yeah, fuck like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Shout out to the fam, man. Appreciate y'all being in this episode of Tacoma, man. Uh, and like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. Now rock with the sports coma with Big Q and the guys where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports fam. What's popping, fam? Thank y'all for joining me on this show. Much love to the fam. Appreciate each and every last one of y'all. And this will be a quick Thursday stream, fam. It won't be a long, drawn-out stream, so shout-out to the fan. Appreciate y'all being in here. I just want to go over a few things and react to a couple of things and be out of here, man. Be about 30 minutes at the most. All right, so anyway, I know Pammy here. She, she about to hit the clock, so, you know, we got to keep it popping. 
<laughs> so shout out to y'all. Appreciate you. Pammy, what's up, Marley Mall, brother Eric, OG Jerry. Shout out to you, my brother. Good to see you, Dana. Appreciate y'all. Good to see y'all in the stream, man. Much love. Appreciate everybody being up in this thing, man. Much love. All right, so let's go over Thursday injury report, shall we? Thursday injury report. Saints players listed on Thursday injury report along with the Vikings. Week number 10. Can you believe it? Number 10. Week number 10 is here. All right, so anyway, for the Saints, Kendra Miller got that ankle. DMP two days straight, Wednesday and Thursday. So is Isaiah Foskey, the snowman with a quadricep. He was DMP'd as well. Fully practiced. Ty Summers, the linebacker from the hamstring issue. Demario Davis' knee seems to be in the past. That's good. And we get Adam Prentice, who's designated from the return from IR, currently in that 21-day window. That's good that we get a fullback back. Perhaps we can use him to help our running backs out as well when we're using our power eye game or trying to have a lead back in front of Elvin Kamara to kind of help punch them holes open for our offensive line so we can get back to running the ball effectively. Good to see him back out there as well. The Vikings injury report. A lot of people on there. Jaron Hall, uh, the young rookie quarterback, is under concussion protocol. He just probably going to be shut down for this week. Defensive lineman Dean Lowry was limited. A wide receiver K.J. Osborne was limited for them. Brian Asamoah, the second limited the linebacker with an ankle issue. The offensive lineman Christian Darasaw, groin issue was limited. T.J. Hawkinson. Their tight end was limited. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson was listed on the injury list as limited. They say that he shouldn't play in this game. And they saying that he's not supposed to play in this game. Well, you know, and that's he, it's a big difference if he does, you know, because he's a that'll be a really good matchup to watch him and Lattimore get it going. But they saying coming back off that injury list. He's limited, and they're saying that more than likely he will not play in the game. Well, I hear what they're saying, but just like I said, now, and always be kind of watching out for this because a similar thing happened last week, even though Justin Fields was not listed as out. He was listed as what was the designation? Questionable, I think it was. He was listed as questionable, and he ultimately was inactive on, on game day, but you never know how these people can be kind of sneaky. But a lot of reports saying that he doesn't play. But if he doesn't play, why the hell is he listed limited on the injury list? That's what I'm paying attention to. But we'll see how it all ends. Tight end Johnny Munt is limited. Jalen Naylor, the wide receiver, hamstring issue, went from fully practiced to limited, so he went kind of backwards. Chris Reed, the, the guard, fully practiced. And Harrison Smith, the safety, is he did not practice, but he just has a rest day. You know, it's a hard-hitting guy. Not much on his. Uh, athleticism but he's a smart hard hitting safety that always seems to know where to be in on, on the field harrison smith so that's a look at some of the injury list man shout out to y'all man as we keep it going and pushing let's move on fam let's hear from uh let's start this the interview section off because that's really what the show is talking about let's kind of jump into some of our interviews and get that going first and foremost in this game y'all put one in the chat if y'all can hear pete carmichael we're gonna go over here what he, what he has to say about the saints offensive Stuff going on, the uh, progressions and the progress of the Saints, among other things, on the offense. Think that again, getting ourselves. Pete, what are your thoughts just on third down offense and just kind of the red zone? What we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I think um, you know, obviously the numbers have been better. Um, I just think 
I would say last week when you go back to the third down numbers, you know, 50% would tell you winning performance. And yet uh, some of those third downs that we didn't convert came early in drive. So I think that, again, getting ourselves in manageable positions to continue to be successful. And I thought uh, as far as the red zone, you know, some guys made some tough plays. It was nice to see. Seems like you guys have busted like a lot of the explosive type runs this year. Um, is there like a consistent reason for that? Either? Um, you know, I think it takes all eleven. So I think uh, again, it's us as coaches making sure that when those opportunities arise, that uh, we take advantage of those and making sure we're putting our players in the right positions uh, to get those. But uh, again, yeah, that's something that needs to be better. I'm just going to ask just about starting off with you know a typical run on first and ten to get ahead of the chains. Is it been a source of frustration? That feels like a lot of times those are zeros, ones that kind of get a drive off those things. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's things that we've talked about as a staff and trying to just make sure that, again, we're putting our players in the best position to try to avoid the second and nines. And then, uh, you know, that also kind of limits a little bit more, I guess, maybe what you're doing on second down uh, as far as calls, maybe takes away some of the play actions or something, you know, uh, if they're going to be sinking in coverage. But I think, again, it's um, the message is, hey, we got to be efficient on first and second down and get ourselves into manual thirds. Yeah, you guys have gotten into the, the schedule a little bit. Like, if you have to define, like, the identity of the offenses, is that kind of clarified? What would it be? Uh, I think the players feel pretty good about, um, you know, the schemes. And I think there's a lot of that coming from communication with those guys as well as to the things that they like, things that um, – you know, how can we, uh, we sometimes we talk about, you know, reducing the volume, things like that. But I think there's been a lot of great discussion um, as we've gone along and kind of learned each other. And I think uh, things are going in the right direction. What it seems like this Minnesota does, what's the challenge there? What did they do well with it? Well, I think this, I think they create a lot of different personnel groupings. And uh, when you talk about their pressure package, that's, um, that's, that's their, that's their, you would say that's their base plan. And so they create a lot of different looks with different personnel packages. Um, and there's also a lot of disguises that they'll present that, uh, you know, might put you in some, some, some max protections or, and, uh, and then all of a sudden guys are dropping out. So they, their, uh, believe me, their, their pressure package creates a lot of, um, things, a lot of time this week spent on those as an offensive staff and just kind of, uh, you know, making sure we're all on the same page. How do you kind of assess those ball security this year? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of the things. If you look back at the numbers last year compared to where we're at this year, it's been um, you know a lot better. We're taking care of the ball. I think the quarterback's making good decisions, uh, being smart with the ball, and obviously, I think that uh, you know Joel Thomas. I think he's a, I think he does a great job with those guys, regardless of what position it is, whether he's talking to the running backs, receivers, tight ends, anybody that might touch the ball. And I think just um, overall, again, there's, there's always been an emphasis on it, but I think that our guys are doing a great job. And I think the message is preached every week um, that that's going to be the number one reason why we, we get beat. Um, okay. Alvin played less than half the snaps in this last game. What kind of goes into for that, you know, when he plays, when he does? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I think you can come out of any game and you come out and you're like, oh, would have been nice to get him more snaps or more touches or, you know, whether it's the run game or the pass game. I think it was just, you know, sometimes that's just the way the, the game plays out. It wasn't by design. Um, obviously, he's a big part of what we do. We want him on the field and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, situations like that. But then there's a, you know, there's a lot of guys that we want to get out there and get the ball in their hands. And what is uh, Jamal about to do? 
because he's got his blocking. Yeah, I think when you look at not all, his blocking and protection, his blocking in the run game, he had some opportunities, you know, for lead blocking for Taysom, and he's he's been physical just like his running style. I think he's been outstanding, and I would say coming away from uh, the last few games, just really you know praising his uh, the job that he's doing, and he's such a team guy, and he'll do whatever's best for the team, and uh, he's not willing to you know or he's, he's he's willing to put his body in there and make some sacrifices. That kind of job, thank you. I think, I think, I mean, he's got a great attitude. He's always got energy. He brings a lot of juice. And so I think that uh, he's you know, a great team guy, real positive. Getting back to Alvin, I, I know y'all can't predict how many plays you're going to get or down the distance, but when you game plan, do you have a ballpark figure in mind based on matchups, how much Alvin and Mike and Chris yeah, I think I think you go into every game with the game as you're putting the plan together, saying, "Hey, make sure we have enough touches for Alvin, enough touches for Mike, and everybody." And then sometimes that's just a matter of what plays get called. And uh, obviously, Taysom had a little bit higher volume last week, uh, or at least the number of carries. But I think that again, it's just what gets called. I think, and it's not like it's any less or any more or any usually during the week. Yeah. I- the thing with Pete Carmichael, man, is was intriguing about what he did. The last couple of games for the Saints offenses, you know, we look at all, and I talked about this on last night's stream, the resources that the Saints offense has. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion for it to in week number 10 one oh we have yet to consistently realize how good this team offensively could be you know we've seen a couple of games where they you know they hit on some stuff other games when they you know they tease you with it like the first half of the last game and then offense just hibernated and said hey young rookie go kick this field goal get us up by 10 it's a lot of pressure on the Saints offense because it's a veteran-led offense. They're, they're a veteran-led offense. It's set up to win now. Even though we have young people there, Rashid Shaheed, Chris Olavi, those guys, young guys there, right? But this is a team built to win right now. We don't have too much patience for another 7-10 and 10 campaign. I'm not saying that's where they're going. But the pressure is on. And in week number 10, it's kind of really interesting that we haven't seen a more consistent team. That's what I'm saying. It hadn't been as consistent as you would want them to be offensively. And that's the really frustrating part about this. 
because you got all these guys and they're healthy. Elvin Kamara, Jamal, I mean, no, not Jamal Williams because he was banged up, but Taysom Hill, Mike Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, Jimmy Graham. You know, all these guys are healthy. You know, Foster has some issues. Juwan Johnson missed a month, month or so of the, of the, you know, regular season, but pretty much all of the other guys have been pretty much healthy. Thank goodness for the, for up until this point. Now we are currently on a streak. We are on a two game winning streak and it's just, I'm just waiting to see this team catch fire. I really am, man. I'm just tired of kind of listening to, you know, the accolades and understand this is what they got to give. Dennis did his thing yesterday. Then he sends out his coordinators to talk on Thursday to us because he did his teleconference yesterday. So, I mean, it's interesting, man, how it all, I just want to see the Saints offensive offense find something that they like to do and stick to it. Like the, like running the football, man. We get the fullback back, you know, can we utilize him, put him in front of Elvin Kamara more than a handful of plays? Uh, can we kind of make our offensive line, you know, kind of emphasize, overemphasize if we have to, the importance of them actually being more consistent in running the ball in terms of us running the football, more more and more emphasis on beating the your individual matchups, more emphasis on what we need to do, being more disciplined, avoiding the pre-snap penalties, you know, stand on code, that type of stuff. More emphasis on that. And then of course, you know, Carr, you know, him getting better as we go. So, I mean, it's just, that's a part of the game that I witnessed. And I'm like, man, the saints have all these people here and it's just, we just waiting patiently for them to just get jumping and bucking and moving, man. And, uh, the offense, man, listen, this offense should be a lot better. We know this, man. We really do. I think Elvin Kamara, they speak about Elvin Kamara getting the ball more and more. I, I should, that shouldn't be a conversation, right? Elvin Kamara should get the ball more. And I really kind of say, you know, about the Derek Carr thing, keeping his snaps or not his snaps, but his, his attempts between 25 to 30 attempts per contest, utilizing the running attack to get it done. And Taysom's a part of that. You know, having all them going. I know Jamal Williams is hurt. Uh, I mean, well, not Jamal, uh, but Kendrick Miller's banged up. So we still be able to utilize a Taysom. We can still use Elvin. We got to move somebody else in there to get it going. We have to do it because we do have a lot of versatility there. And then, of course, having Taysom Hill throwing passes, that's another part of the, the game that really shakes everything up. If the Saints really did more of an emphasis on trying to balance Taysom Hill's play calls, like they call it the RPO is really just the run. Oh, it's just the run is the run option. It's not no passing it. Now he did throw a touchdown and he threw a pass attempt. If we can get that, like make that a part of the mainstay of Taysom's game from week to week, it could be a lot different for the saints offense, to be honest with you. So we'll see how it goes, man. But yeah, let's move on next. Let's hit cam Jordan. This is cam Jordan's interview family. Damn. I mean, why wouldn't you blame it on D-line? When a quarterback escapes the pocket, who do you point the finger at? It's got to be on us. Uh, we, we feel like... Dobbs, what he was doing in Arizona was was 
pretty electric. Um, and what he did last week against Atlanta was was astounding, the way he extended plays off with his feet. So it's got to be on the D-line. We've got to be able to collapse the pocket. We've got to be able to – you know, it's another one of those weeks where it's no fun to rush the quarterback. And we've, we faced like three or four or five of those already this year, you know, where it's like you'd love to hit the, hit the top edge of a rush or, you know, run eight yards in, but that's going to lead to gashes on the defense, so you can't do it. Uh, I think our, our defensive line has congealed enough with our interior where now we can start talking about, all right, well, this is what we have to do. You know, we were, we were asking that you do it. Now we were telling you to do it, and it has to get done. Does pressure, does pressure equal what? What is that equal for anybody? Um, you want to give pressure to quarterback for sure, but are pressure numbers down or up? They're down this year. Gosh darn it. In terms of like defensive blitz, are we talking about personally speaking? Like, I see, Cam is, is intelligent. So Cam is being real sorry, even though his face is, is not saying it, but he has a way of being sarcastic, even when he's trying to keep a straight face. You talk about pressures, all that kind of stuff. Pressures. What does pressures really mean unless they translate in the sacks? That's all I was saying. When people were throwing, throwing the, the pressure stats at me last year when Davenport was here, Q, you know, he leading the league in pressures. Well, he top five in pressures. I'm like, dude, pressure don't mean nothing unless it translates to sacks or turnovers, you know, or, you know, and that pressure could mean him pressuring the quarterback out of the pocket into the arms of his, his teammate that that pressure counts, but a pressure that doesn't, that doesn't translate into sacks. What are we doing? You know, and, and, and Cam is fortifying that he's saying that though. I don't know anymore. At, at some point we're trying to put it together wins. Um, so if, you know, we, we're not, we're, watching, we're facing these mobile quarterbacks, we're not allowed to, you know, pass rush to our highest capacity because it's one of those things where you have to collapse the pocket and have your eye on the quarterback. It just is what, what it is. Again, I'm, I'm here to get wins. I'm not here to get pressures or, you know, it's great to have pressures if those pressures lead to us winning. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we want to do our job to the, our, our highest abilities and that uh, hopefully puts our team in a better position to win. It, equals five turnovers. At this point, if we say pressures are down, also turnovers are more than double up from last year. Um, so it goes hand in hand. So, so that will be frustrating if you're the defense, you know, and, and even though we did get the W, it's a team game. Like, I know from a defensive perspective, and, and a true professional will never say that, but when you're playing football and the offense is struggling, the defense is kicking ass. Because I've played in games when that happened, when we were handling the business, we were getting the turnovers, and then the offense was just just stinking. So you 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 kind of you kind of get on them. Now y'all need to pick it up over there. You know he of course Cam won't tell him that. You know tell them that. But it's a you know I can't I can't impact change in their room unless I get a touchdown and put it on the board or a turnover that I run back. You know whatever you know a defensive touchdown, whatever that may be, a fumble recovery, an interception, translates into a touchdown, whatever the case may be. But my job is most of the time to get turnovers, to stop the opposing offense, get turnovers. For my offense on the short field, the Saints did that. Five turnovers last game, seven-point win, whatever, we got the dub. What I'm saying is the lesson to learn, there's supposed to be a lesson or lessons that you learn from every game. That's how coach is supposed to do it. Like when you go and look at the film, what are you looking at? Are you just, you know, just circling mistakes that we made? No, you really, you also showing the good that they do. Cause not too many coaches that are successful going to go and look at the film and just show their players all of the negative stuff. See right here, number 75, you stank. You did this. You were supposed to block this, that, and a third. And you did this, you know, you know, you basically showing them up in front of his teammates 
you know, his mistakes. So the thing is, even though you, you, you keep it real, you show the mistakes, but you show what they did right. That we need to emphasize that. See this stuff here? We need to do this. We need to do more of this. And you take that stuff and you build on it. And that's how you move forward. You know what I'm saying? That's how that's how I would look at film. That's how we used to do it. Like if you made a mistake here or there, Coach D, and I had old country ass coach that was uh, doing that. But you're like, see that, that, that boy, that dude, that's how you do it. Like it was one that I was on film. I, lift, I knocked the dude on his ass. I helped get the guy up and the coach got on me for that. He said, see that right there? Why, why'd you do that? Why you do that, 44? Why you do that? I said, because, man, it's, it's good sportsmanship. He said, nah, your job is to knock him down, let his teammate get him up. <laughs> That's what he told me. I said, coach, what about sportsmanship? The hell with that. You know, so I understood what he was saying. But in the end, the reality is like, you know, the defense needs to step it up too. They're not beyond a scope of uh, criticism here. They're not. The Saints defense have allowed mediocre quarterbacks for the longest to be able to roll around, scramble around and make these cardiac games that just drive us absolutely crazy. Y'all hear me watch me in the games in the play by play and a live broadcast just going off because I'm sitting up here saying that should be something that's just a, a, a discussion that's had, you know, and a, a talk between the defensive linemen to correct these problems that you have in, inter- in terms of the defensive line containment. The containment issues is because some you, you break in containment, you're getting too wide or you're going too far in. Something's wrong here. You got to be able to have discipline and stay what you do. That's the conversation between those four guys that has to be had. And the fact that it just kept happening and it keeps happening over time, they got to fix that because that's not going to be a good look. We letting you, you just, giving the game away if you let that happen. Like I said, Chicago's such a bad team that they were so intelligent, intelligent, they were so unintelligent that they went away from what worked and had they kept doing what they were doing with, with the, the QB and putting the game in his hands, they probably would have won that game because they, the Saints had no answer for stopping that dude when he's scrambling around running like that. They had no answer for that dude. So it is what it is, man. So anyway, let's finish up with Cam. Does that mean, obviously, you like sacks, but you think what you've done I love has, has been effective? I'm quarterbacks. Like, you're, you're willing to reluctantly admit that you're okay with this? If it's right. I'm okay with winning. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, that's what we strive for. I mean, do I want to have 13, 14 sacks by now? Sure. In a great year, but I have six? Yes. Have I split a whole bunch of sacks? Absolutely. Are pressures cool? Fine. But at the end of the day, when that, when that uh, you know, game clock ends, are we winning? At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is the source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Um, You could have three sacks and a loss. That doesn't hit the same as uh, zero sacks and a win. It doesn't hit the same as, you know, success as a team. Um, I think personal accolades are great. Team wins are better. And when you say that you – I mean, you haven't faced necessarily a lot of run-first quarterbacks, have, but, but that's been the plan. No, we, we've, we faced a lot of first read and then run quarterbacks yeah. if, instead of, you know, read the defense and then, you know, whatever it is. And so that's led to that approach. It is what it is. You have to be, you have to be aware of how we've been gashed. You know, 78 yards out of 100 and however many on the ground uh, this past game was from the quarterback. You know, the week before that, whatever it was, it was another 40 or 50 yards from the quarterback. Trevor Lawrence had another 40 or 50 yards from the quarterback. It seems like these 50-yard clips are happening and they're escaping from our, you know, our whatever it is, the sleuthing out the B-gaps or taking around and whatever that is. We have to be able to eliminate that. Once we get that off the film, we can get back to doing what, what I know we can do. Have you felt like the in-game uh, adjustments to that? Because I think with Tyson last year, he had like 16 first half and held him like 10 rushing yards. Have you felt like the in-game adjustments to, to adjust how that has yeah, been better? Yeah, which has led you guys to ask us a lot about how do we start fast and, you know, uh, keep that keep that uh, foot on the pedal. Uh, it has to be a team collective effort. It has to be a D-line uh, conscious rush which is great when you're rushing three against five. But, you know, like you have to know exactly what you're going against and you have a mobile quarterback again. Um, you know, had it been you know, not Badgett, but Justin Fields would have been the same type rush. Um, this, the games we play, the quarterbacks we face, it just is what it is. Yeah, for real. And, and, and tre- credit to the reporters for sticking on that point. Credit to our reporters for sticking on the point about the mobile QB threat. This is the biggest issue with the Saints defense. Now, they've been getting sideways gashed in a running attack over the last several weeks or so. But the biggest issue with the Saints defense is this mobile quarterback threat, which has been Achilles heel for the Saints defense for a while now. They have not figured that out. And that's simply like what Cam was saying. It's a communication issue. Guys got to talk into what they're doing. We can't. We have to be cognizant of what we're doing. We rush in the past, so we have to be smart, smarter on how we're handling this because this stuff is killing us. It's, it's keeping us on the field longer than what we're supposed to be. The guy, they're scoring touchdowns on it. And best believe, Chicago looked at the Indianapolis game. They tried to mimic that stuff. And the Saints have to do a better job in eliminating that. They have to stop that. Really, you look at some of the film, the Saints started really stepping up in the second half. They made the adjustments. Chicago made an they adjusted out of what was wrong. I was like, man, I was talking about it in the play by playing the game. During the game, I said, man, City about to lose because they, they made a dumb mistake. They went away from what worked. And that's what bad teams usually do. They go away from what works to something else, and they don't have – and by the time they try to adjust back to it, the guy was out of rhythm. His confidence was down. Balls start throwing interceptions and all kind of stuff. 
You wasn't doing that. You wasn't doing none of that at the start of the game because his confidence was up high. He was running around scrambling, making the throws, keeping them in the game. And I'm like, who the hell is this dude? Who is this guy? And when you see that happening, like is all of these young, these mediocre quarterbacks like Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield and Tyson Badgett, whatever his name is, Taylor, whatever his damn name is, these guys are they as good as what's advertised? And the, and the answer is hell no, they're not. They're not their backup quarterbacks in the NFL. They're not supposed to look that good unless you're doing something wrong. You're definitely doing something wrong that you are, are giving them opportunities to do this. You give a quarterback 10, the, the pocket opens up or the court, the line opened up like the Red Sea and that's 10 yards in front of them. Any quarterback would, would common sense is going to take off and try to pick up that yardage. All he has to do is slide into it Nobody gets hit, and that's a cool 10 for him. Keep it moving. And that's also that demoralizes the Saints, uh, the Saints defense, too, because they're out covering, and then the quarterback takes off and picks up a first down. That's that's like a, a soul punch in many respects. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, we had to do it. And I let them rip out there and do this, you know. But, you know, Cam knows it just like we all know it, man. So you got to get that fixed. All right, let's move on, fam. Let's jump to Joe Woods. Here's Joe Woods' thought on the defense. It's the boss of the defense, even though we know Dennis Allen runs defense. Much love to Joe Woods. Love Joe Woods, man. Great dude. Love him. How he touches the talk, it touches and talks about the game. Let's hear what Joe Woods had to say. For quite a while, um, he's a guy that the players rally around. Like, he'd always get in the game um, and just find a way to make a play. You know, he definitely has an arm strength to make the throws. Um, he's played quite a bit in this league. But he definitely extends plays with his legs. But you can see the, the guys last week, they rally around him. He's just that type of personality. So it's going to be tough. What is the you guys They all seem mobile right now. So, you know, I'm sure going into it, you know that's the type of player he is. Um, I know back when he was at Pittsburgh, he had a lot of design quarterback runs. Um, then when he came to Cleveland, you know, there was more things involved in what he was doing. Um, but it's definitely going to be a problem for us just in terms of what we do to try to keep him in the pocket. What is it about him that you feel like that makes changes? He's just that type of guy. I don't know, man. You just like him. You know, as a rounder, he just has that the personality. The personality, people gravitate towards him. Like I said, he gets in the game, man. He just finds a way to make, you know, incredible plays. I've witnessed it. So I was one of the people in there cheering with him. So When you talk to him, can you tell he's a rocket scientist? I don't know about that. I know he's smart, um, you know, but uh, no, this this great guy. I know he was able to handle a lot of football there in terms of what they were asking from him. Uh, but uh, in terms of being a rocket scientist, I, I don't. <laughs> smart. Guy. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Yeah, so, for sure. Uh, how do you coach the defensive lineman to <laughs> not give up these rushing lanes, but then allow them to still be aggressive and try to get to the quarterback? It seems like probably issue one and issue two and, and they kind of fight each other a little bit right? yeah i think the first thing is that from a defensive line standpoint it's really there's different ways that we can attack you know if it's four man rush there's six gaps so they're short two already so they have to do a great job just in terms of executing their pass rush games because it's individual rushes meshed together to try to get after the quarterback but at the same time for us defensively we have to mix what we're doing whether it's four-man rush, whether it's bringing pressure, whether it's having somebody spy, but you have to have different packages, especially when you're um, trying to defend a mobile quarterback. And 
those issues, I mean, everybody's kind of explained it that if yeah. people are rushing individually, you lose sort of the team concept. Yeah. It, I mean, can that spring from from guys who like haven't gotten to the quarterback all game? And yeah, you know, no, I mean, I think that's part of it at times, but I just think it's those guys just working together, just understanding us making the corrections. And again, it's it can't all always be on that. We have to do different things because again, it's, it's hard when it's just four man rush because there's, there's extra gaps. So that's something that we talk about, just doing different things. And we know it's a problem, obviously. Everybody knows it's a problem. So we have to do a better job of uh, game planning for in better situations as well. So I know you guys made a, made a huge emphasis this offseason and like, turn around those takeaway numbers. Mm-hmm. But how do you get that to actually manifest itself in the playing field the way it has? I think it's just confidence. Because I always believe you, you get takeaways by playing good technique. And it's a product of, Russian coverage working together, whether it's man coverage, pressure zone. Uh, but I think if you just execute your technique, put yourself in a good position, it comes down to just catching the ball. And that's what I thought I saw on tape when I looked at it last year, is just the ability to make plays running through traffic because the opportunities were there. So I just try to do ball drills with those guys a lot, put them in different situations, and just show them on tape those opportunities. When we do take advantage of them, of those, and when we the ones we leave out there as well. And we've seen Paulson now a couple of times with the top down punch. Mm-hmm. Like how, how difficult is that for guys to really nail on the seat? Yeah. Especially good at home. I think the first thing is you got to run to the ball. <laughs> if you don't run the ball, you're not going to have those opportunities. So I think it's really about effort getting there. Then it has to be second nature. And um, that's something that, you know, DA talked to us all about last week, put big emphasis on it. And we ended up getting two takeaways you know, strip fumbles or top down punch out. So this has to be part of what you do. It sounds simple, but when you kind of break it down, obviously it's like they're not, you're not calling plays because everyone's kind of doing their own thing. They have to work together. Is that yeah. the challenge there kind of getting, because it's not just one person. Everyone it's, has to kind of get it on their own. Absolutely. Like I said, it's individual, individual rushes meshed together. And it all has to work. You know, guys have to work together. Sometimes you're the sacrificial lamb. You know, you're you're setting the pick. You ain't gonna get there, but the other guy will. So it's working together. And I know our guys do a great job. We just been unfortunate. And again, there's more things we have to do. You know, whether it's three man rush with different things or four man rush with little pressure, and we know that. So we put emphasis on it, and um, you know we have to do much better, especially in this game, based on what we're playing. And I mean, why did they take more time on task? That would you imagine that would improve. Yeah, absolutely. Guys working together, getting comfortable. That's it. All right. Let's go get them. Joe Woods, man. Joe Woods, man. Breaking it down, man. Defensive line perspective. Um, And we talked about it before about individual guys winning individual matchups. Remember, we can fast go back in the past when Kale and Saunders was talking about that, him being a guy that has to, you know, you know, draw the double team so guys like a Carl Grandison or a Cam Jordan can, can get loose to get to the quarterback, you know. So this is more – this is stuff that's good. It's on their mind. And that, that's, that's a positive. The majority of the questions aimed at Cam was about mobile quarterbacks. The questions – the majority of the questions aimed at the defensive coordinator and name Joe Woods. We know Dennis Allen calls the plays – but Joe's the guy. We know Ty Grantham is the defensive line. But regardless of that, they they are all looking at the same thing, meaning that 
there's an awareness that the Saints have an issue defending the mobile quarterbacks, which means the, the onus is on the Saints to stop the mobile quarterback. That is the top priority for the defense coming into this game. We got to stop the Vikings offense, but we can't allow them to move around the Josh Dobbs to scramble around. We have to contain them to the pocket. So let's see how in a couple of days, how the Saints look doing that. So Lisa's on their minds, man. That's that's what you can kind of ask for moving forward. At least it's on their minds, to be honest with you, about what they need to focus on. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of this goes with the Saints moving into week number 10. Friday stream, fam, we'll be back Friday, perhaps if if uh, I try to open up the phone lines for Friday to recap. We will preview the game on Friday, Saints and Vikings. We'll go over the statistics and everything, man, and we'll just do what we do Friday, man, and open up the phone lines, too. We'll have an all-night show, but we'll we'll talk pretty much a good deal about it. So anyway, <clears throat> as we get ready, I'm going to get ready to get out on that. Listen, I appreciate all y'all for chiming in on this episode of the show. Shout out to everybody, man. Brother Gundam. <laughs> they talk about the Dennis Allen thing, man. That That's just, I don't, I was just listening to the dude, man. And uh, Dennis, I mean, not Dennis Allen, uh, Derek Carr. And he kind of, he, um, he has a, his style is more of a not banter, but he just kind of he's just kind of um, he's just going, going and going. You know, he's just giving you a lot of information, you know, stuff in between the stuff. You know, he was just, you know, I mean, you know, he just prattles on, you know, not not in a negative, but he just gives you a lot of information. People start talking about, uh, you know, when he was asking about are you how you feeling in the Saints offense? And he spoke about how he uh, feels like he's preparing you know, like it's the Super Bowl, like every game's like the Super Bowl, which means he's really taking it serious. Probably, you know, might might be attacking it a little too hard. But yeah, he says, and yeah, Gundam's absolutely right on that, you know, about him. He has to spread the ball around. He's cognizant of that. He did mention the fact that I think a part of the last game was he's just he's trying to get Chris Olave going in the game. But you got to remember, you got other players and, you know, and he's far from a Drew Brees. But the Reality is you have to fan through those progressions. You got to go to the open man. Michael Thomas is most of the time single covered. He's he beats a single cover guy. He beats a single dude all the time. You're not, you're not going to see a lot of double coverage toward Michael Thomas because the Saints have too many people out there. He just has to take the time, get comfortable and go through that. So, yeah, we had to. <laughs> uh, you probably have to look. <laughs> Yeah, you got to go through most of that. I just ad lib, bro. You don't part comedian, man. You know, I, I just go through it, man. And I just, you know, I was because I, I watched the uh, the Equalizer, the third Equalizer. You know, I, I like the Equalizer films. And uh, I seen the and I seen it maybe several months ago. The Equalizer, for whatever reason, I used car uh, as a as it was a scenario where I kind of created car talking to how he talks to me. You know, car gets up there and he'll go. You know, he'll say, well, you know, I talked to Mike, uh, you know, we had uh, uh, Rashid Shahid and, um, you know, I, you know, I got off the phone with Mike. I, you know, I text Rashid Shahid. I told him, I said, you know, she listen, we're going to um, we about to go and watch the Equalizer. You know, um, you know, I, I, it was a scene. I seen the trailer for it and uh, the Equalizer, you know, he he presses. He looked mad. The guy did him something. He hit his watch and he and he, he really he said, you got uh, nine seconds to figure out what you're going to do here for, you know, before he shoots him. But then all of a sudden 
He didn't really give him nine seconds. He gave him five seconds. He shot the guy in the face, grabbed his wrist, flipped him upside down and, and smashed him on the concrete. It's like, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's really interesting. So what I did was I took a picture of the trailer and I kind of give it to him. I called Elvin Kamara. I said, Kamara, you want it? And it's just less high goals until somebody stops them. It's, it's just a, he just it, one long sentence into everything else, you know, and it's just weird, you know, listening to how he talk, he do the same thing. And I, and I think Carr is a cool dude. You know, he just, you got to settle down and kind of get relaxed, but he gives you his details in between the details and almost to the point where it like puts you to sleep. It, it, it almost kind of lulls you to sleep a little bit. And then he says, you know, I, you know, I looked at it and I said to, and I said, man, this was just really cool. So I just text, I text Mike Thomas, Mike Thomas. I said, Mike, Hey Mike, uh, I just seen the trailer for equalizer The guy, you know, he, he gave him nine seconds, but he didn't really give him nine seconds. He stopped it at five seconds and shot the guy in the face, grabbed the other guy's gun, flipped him upside down, stuck it through his face and shot the guy through his face to the other guy. That was really cool. So, you know, I want to say, seen the trailer. Do you want to go? So after I got a phone, he said, yeah. So I, then I got a phone. I called Chris Olavi. I said, yo, Chris, I got Michael Thomas. He wants to go to the equalizer, you know, you know, go see the movie. You know, I was thinking, you know, maybe you can join us right there. Did you see the equalizer? No, he ain't see it. Okay, cool. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pick you up. We're going to go to it. It's just a long thing. It ends up going on and on and on until he went, he went to Elvin Kamara and then he calls Jimmy Graham. And then Jimmy Graham tells him that the equalizer is not in the theater no more. So, you know, it's just the whole spiel, but that's just the day. It's just the damn thing that car does. Uh, it's just, you know, yeah, I'm doing the pair. I'm preparing like it's the Super Bowl. You know, I, t- I told him, I said, she, she, forget about it. Just go, you know, I draw my hand, draw my hands. You know, you got to understand. I get a little passionate sometimes. And I told him, I just drew my hands. I say, you know, when you see it, just go, you know. And, uh, you know, we went to, you know, and people talk about how I talk. I'm from, you know, I went to, you know, I came out of Texas. I went to California, you know, and, um, you know, you know, Fresno State Bulldogs, we did what we were supposed to do. But, you know, I really like movies. You know, my favorite candy is like toppy. You know what I'm saying? My favorite colors is, you know, I like black, like gold. But my really favorite color is green. You know, I make a lot of money. I'm pretty rich. I'm pretty rich, you know, I, you know, I feel pretty good about that, but you know, on the field, I'm trying to excel. I treat each game like it's a Super Bowl. I try to compete, you know, I get a little passionate, I'm a passionate guy. I told Sheed, I text Sheed. I told him, I text him. I said, I'm passionate. He sent my text message back. He said, I know. I told him, I said, Hey, listen, I'm outside my backyard. I see this beautiful butterfly. I take a picture of the butterfly. He sends me a picture above butterfly back. So I just took the butterfly. I captured the butterfly. I started painting on the butterfly. I put speckles and I put Florida leaves on the butterfly. I texted, took a picture of it, sent it back to him. Uh, he said, wow, that's cool. I said, he should, you send that to Mike Thomas. So I took that text and I sent it to Mike Thomas. After that, I got off the phone and I called Chris Olavi. I said, hey, Chris, how you doing, man? You're, you're straight? Yeah. How about let's go get some some tacos. Oh, you don't like tacos? Okay, let's, you know, what do, what do you like to eat? Oh, you like fish, fried fish, flounder, trout, red, what you speckled? Oh, no, you don't like none of that? Okay, cool. How about a steak? No steak? All right, let's go get a salad. Okay, cool. All right, so let, before we go, let's call Jimmy Graham. Maybe we can get his airplane. We got a lot of traffic out here. You think Jimmy will fly us to the plane? And then it goes on and on and on forever to ever, ever, ever to somebody stops him. Stop him. Yeah, I know. I did what I could do, you know, but I'm telling you, you know, I'm a little passionate. So I told him, go up I, I, and I put my arm like this. He went up there. I turned around. He went back. And I seen Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen said, hey, what you guys doing? 
I say, hey, we, we were trying to fix up this, this old car outside. And then, you know, Dennis makes a little, you know, he laughs at it and says, oh, oh, you trying to fix up that ragged ass car? Yeah, you know, he says, you know, your name is car and you've been kind of sucking. So you might be trying to do that. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know, that, that, I, I thought that was kind of funny, you know, you know, but I told him, hey, Dennis, guess what? I'm a rich man. I'm $150 million richer. I'm richer than you. I can buy you. You know, I was just joking, you know, of course. And I didn't, you know, when I thought in my head when I seen that, I took a picture of that in my head and then I called Jimmy Graham. I said, hey, Jimmy, do you have your plane fueled up? And Jimmy says, what are you talking about? My plane. Why would you need my plane? Well, I was thinking about flying over the city, renting a banner and putting behind the banner, the New Orleans Saints, we're going to win. You know, I was I wanted to, to do that because I'm so passionate. Jimmy said he's not doing that. Uh, and I just said, you know, cool. So what I did was after that, I called Paulson Adebo. I know he's on the other side of the field. I don't know why I would call Paulson Adebo. Maybe because he, you know, he went to school in California and I went to school in California. I think that's cool. Then after that, I told him to text me a picture of his college's sign, the sign that sits out front of his college. I don't know why I needed that, but I just thought he would send it to me because, you know, because I'm the quarterback. I act whatever I ask for, I won't, you know, so... I told him, send me a picture of the sign out front of Stanford, you know, and, 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 and after I did that, I then called Jamal Williams. I told Jamal Williams that Pokemon suck. He got mad at me and says, who you, who the hell you like? I told him Digimon is better. Then I sent him a picture of my Digimon commercial. I mean, my, my Digimon cards. I sent it to him. He sent it back to me and says, that's not real. I said, how can it not be real? He said, because Blake Martinez sold you that stuff. And I said, Blake Martinez, then he run a fake pokemon business where he made 11 million dollars or something like that he said exactly you got took you're a fool so i deleted that text and then i left jamal williams alone because he he showed me up so it's all good now now we all good so i'm out of the show all right so anyway with that being said fam we'll get ready to bounce on that listen i appreciate all y'all for chiming on this episode of this show <laughs> oh my goodness man i just be doing i'm just having too much fun doing this Listen, fam, I'm going to get out on here. Y'all check out my dog, Randolph. He on there right now. Much love to the Who That Nation, man. I'm holler at y'all on the flip side. I'll be back tomorrow with the preview. Much love and Who That Nation. Yeah. Huh? Boogie like Benson, I'm a Who That. I'm a Who That. Long as I'm living, I'm a Who That. Lose all winning, I'm a Who That. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like this, and I'm a Who That. I'm a Who That. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like Elf. Thank God every day I'm not a fel. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL. When things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose all winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network.
WhoThatDaily.com. That's right, the WhoThatDaily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelican, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a WhoThat and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, WhoThatDaily.com is your site. The WhoThatDaily.com for the sport WhoThat in all of us. Right, the Pro Shop is the platform store where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check. Looking for a fun way to win 20 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.